City again, and it's three, and an absolutely exquisite finish with two and a half minutes to go, and we've talked her up, Darren Hemp, and we've said what a good player she's going to be, and what a fine goal it was to wrap up the FA Cup final. Welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. My name's Emma. Thanks for listening. It's been a busy week for Nick Cushing and Manchester City women. Midweek saw the team travel to the Proax Stadium, the home of Championship side Sheffield United, for the quarter-final of the Conti Cup. Later in the podcast, I chat to Dave from the OSC about the game, and he also provides some matchday information for fans travelling to Damson Park on Sunday for the game against Birmingham in the WSL. Last Saturday we played our first game of 2020, we welcomed Willie Kirk and his Everton side to the Academy Stadium, a game which saw Paulina Bremer continue her fine form with yet another brace and Gemma Bonner also contributing to the full-time result of 3-1. Three big points against what's been a very good Everton side this season. I spoke to Louise before kick-off to get her feelings ahead of the game and I also spoke to Jenny at half-time on the first half performance. I'm with Louise. Moments before kick-off at the Academy Stadium, uh, we're playing Everton today. How are you feeling about the game today? I'm feeling confident. Everton have been playing well, but I think we can get the win. Despite the news this week that Nick Cushing will be leaving the club, how do you feel about that? It'll be a big loss. Big loss to Man City. Uh, big loss to women's football. I wish you luck in, yeah. in America. Yeah, it's a lot. I've been trying to speak to a lot of fans today and they all kind of feel the same. I think it's a bit... Uh, because obviously it's so soon after the news as well that um, it's still trying to settle in with the fans. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's we're still kind of <laughs> what's happened, yeah. yeah. It came to surprise. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure when he comes out uh, with the team today, he'll get a massive applause. Yeah, I definitely think so, yeah. Yeah, he'll get a big So what are you expecting from Everton? As you say, you, you said they're a much improved side as to the team that we looked back on last season. Well, I predicted a, a 3-2 win for City. So goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. 3-2 to City. Yeah. Uh, who do you think will get in on the goals today? Colin Burma. Yeah. I mean, we've seen White drop to the bench. Is that a bit of a surprise? Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting it to play. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully she'll feature later on in the game. I've got her down as one of my goal scorers today. Uh, I'd love Jill Scott to get in on the goals today for me. Yeah, that'd be and obviously, uh, a lot of fans were expecting that Izzy Christensen might make a return, a debut uh, return to the WSL today. Bit disappointed not to see her on the team sheet for Everton today. Yeah, we expected her to play. I think she's injured. And how important do you think the next uh, four games are under Nick Cushing's reign? Uh, big. We need to try and catch up on a lot of points. So two WSL games. So obviously six points available there. Uh, the Conti Cup and the FA Cup. Um, we obviously want to progress in those competitions as well. Absolutely, yeah. Got to do well in the Cup and the League, yeah. Do you think the players will be playing for Nick today? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they want to send him off and get good results for him. And yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Louise. Enjoy the game. I'm with Jenny. It's half time. See you leading one 0 What have you made of the game so far? Uh, yeah, City have looked good. Um, need to be a bit more, a bit more clinical. A bit like last weekend, really. You, I, I kind of feel as though the weather is playing its part, though. I mean, it's a, an absolute rubbish afternoon. It's freezing cold. It's absolutely peeing it down. Yeah, I think winds and rain's probably play, playing a big part. I'm not sure if Steph's uh, hobbling a little bit. She took that knock early on, and it seems to have affected her a bit. Um, but again, they're going backwards when they could have gone forwards. And, 
had it. We've had it into half time now, and we're just sat here talking. I mean, we're we're at the top of the stand, in the east stand, and it's absolutely freezing out here, and the rain is coming down even harder now. Uh, and it is bitter, bitter cold. But it almost looks as though the pitch is so slick that the ball is quite slow. Yeah, I think uh, it is a bit wet because you can see it on top of the on the on the touchline. You know, um, the water's settling there. So I think no matter how much they go round with the forks, they're not going to keep it all out. We were laughing uh, when we were doing the preview for the Evans, uh, for this game today about the conditions at Southport earlier in the season and how rubbish they were. And we're hoping for better conditions today. And ironically, it's probably just as bad. Yeah, I mean we're quite lucky that we have a we do have a decent pitch. The only problem with this stadium is it does get very cold. So you know, um, sometimes it it doesn't feel as cold when you actually get out of the stadium as when you're in it. So, but yeah, it is windy and it's wet and horrible tonight. Change your shirts at half time though, so they come out a bit drier. Yeah. <laughs> During the game, we were having a bit of a conversation as to who you thought might come in as manager. Obviously, with the departure of Nick Cushing, what <laughs> what, have you, what have you made of his uh, obviously announced departure this week? Gutted. I've no other word for it. I didn't actually see the news till I think it was about four o'clock on Friday morning. And then when I saw that he'd, he'd announced that he was leaving, I was just like, can't quite understand why he's going as a number two, but I kind of get it. And he's got to do what's what's best for I mean, family. it's a great stepping stone into, obviously, American football. The, the uh, American Soccer League is growing massively. Um, you know, it's a, a role within the city group, so it just shows how much they value him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's done he's done so much while he's been here. You know what I mean? He, he's the only one he's not won is the Champions League, and that that's sort of been that's the one that they all want to win. Maybe he felt that the time was right for him to go over to America now and bring in somebody that might I don't know freshen up the squad or. <laughs> Right, so come on then, Jenny, tell us, who do you think will be the next Man City women's manager? Well, I just think there's going to be a plot twist somewhere. I, th I think he's either... <laughs> it's not a movie! <laughs> no, it, it's, it's the drama that is Manchester City. It's the drama that is Manchester City. So do you think it'll be an in-house appointment? I think possibly that, the you know, what Jill Scott could be a potential player manager. Maybe even coming as Alan's number two. Um, Lucy Bronze said she wanted a new challenge. Who knows? Maybe she wants. I, I don't think Lucy Bronze ready for management at the peak of her career. Um, unfortunately. But I don't know. I mean, Jill Ellis is obviously the the, the yeah. one name that has been bandied around since I mean, the announcement. She's a massive, credible manager. She's won back-to-back -back trophies with. The American team, obviously coming out off the back of a fantastic World Cup this uh, last year, should I say? Now we're in a new year, but um, you know, is she the kind of uh, manager with that sort of caliber? Is that what you're hoping for? Without a doubt, I mean, she would be a great, great appointment, but I just can't see it somehow. I can't see somebody swapping America for Manchester. In terms of uh, the second half now, obviously the players are coming back out so shortly. What are you expecting from City? Do you think we'll up our ante? Do you think we'll see the introduction of Ellen White possibly? Yeah, I think he's possibly going to make changes because like, with the pitch being so wet, probably getting heavy. 
some of the players were looking a bit slow towards the end of the first half. So yeah, he's definitely got to make some changes. Hopefully he makes them early rather than later. Um, and if we can just get another... I actually said this morning it was going to be 2-1. So. Yeah, I said 2-1 as well. Do you think um, now with obviously uh, this reign of Nick Cushing coming to an end at the beginning of February, last home game against Arsenal, these next four games, are they more important now to get the results that we need? Yeah, because I think well we're still fighting for the you know we're still fighting for the league, we're still fighting for the uh, FA Cup, the Conti Cup. So I don't think that I don't think the girls have got to you know drop their heads or they've just got to get on with it, haven't they? Do you think there's enough obviously experience within the squad to obviously carry the younger players that perhaps haven't been through this kind of scenario before? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got such a wide range of, you know, the older players. We've got Jill, Karen, um, Steph. You know, there's there's plenty of players that will have been through it before. Um, but I, I think all the girls, even the young ones, are so professional that, you know, they'll keep their professional heads on whatever happens. So, so it's it's still game by game. Nothing changes. We're still in contention. We're still competing. We're still hoping to retain trophies. It's just obviously a shame that Nick is moving on, but it's still obviously all to yeah, play I mean, for. I mean, I'm gutted that Nick's moving on, but like I say, maybe he thinks that the time's right, and you know, you can't envy him going moving to something like that that is going to be better for him and his family, because he's got a young family at the end of the day, and he's got to think of them. We've all, you know, we've all got to think of ourselves once in a while, can't. Uh, all right, so um, you think the game's going to play out 2-1 to City still? Yeah, I think so. I think we might nick an equaliser and then we'll have to nick a winner. Who's a white winner. Right, OK, brilliant. Thanks, Jenny. You're welcome. Following last week's announcement that manager Nick Cushing will be leaving the club at the beginning of February, we hear from an emotional and reflective Nick Cushing speaking at full time. And we also hear from player of the match, Paulina Bremer. Um, yeah, I think we should have been more than one nil up at half time. We were creating a lot of chances and probably not maybe testing the goalkeeper enough. So we pushed them hard at half time to to turn the chances into into goals and you know to get to three nil was uh, obviously took the game. Disappointed about the goal that we conceded, but um, pleased with the win because Everton are a good team. You know we're pushing Pauline hard. We know that she can improve, and there's areas of a game she's got to be better at. But there's one area that she that we can't complain about is in the box. She's um, so clinical with chances. If, you know she probably th- could have scored more if you look at Tottenham last week and she had two or three chances or half chances in the first half here, but. You know, to score two goals in, in, in two consecutive games is you know, brilliant for us. She's probably a bit disappointed that she hasn't had hat-tricks because she had chances last week and she had chances this week and she's had two braces instead of two hat-tricks. But you know, we can't complain. We've, we've not really had a dominant striker over six seasons that has pushed us hard and we've now got two. So, you know, we're in a good place. Wednesday was a difficult day and probably um, was a bit of a shock to the team. But they went out and trained Wednesday and Friday so professionally, got the intensity up, 
listened to how they were going to beat Everton and today I thought, you know, um, maybe people might have thought there might have been a little hangover or maybe a bit of emotion and I think that group has shown how professional they are in going and winning football games. Like, it's a great opportunity for me but I, I, I don't think the time would ever have been right for me to leave this team because I'm so close to the team. It's been such a huge part of my life. Um, but it, it's a good opportunity and, and I don't define this team. The, the players that we've had over the years that have worked incredibly hard and the staff that we have here is the reason why we've been successful. I'm just one part of that and um, it'll be tough over the next four weeks but I think, like I say, they've shown how professional they are. We planned for a game, a tough game against Everton and we've gone on and won it so now it's on to Sheffield because we want to get into the, the semi-final of the Cup. I think we've done a lot of good things here and, and I've been a part of that. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of great people. We've improved and we've developed a lot of young English talent. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of how many games we've won. I'm proud of all the trophies we've won. I'm proud of the people that I've met. So it's hard because I, I, I don't see myself walking away from this job. But it's a good opportunity and a good and, and good for everybody that we we continue to push the women's team on. We continue to develop me as a coach. I'm staying within the group. But I'm proud of a lot of things that we've done here. This team's got a feel that we've never had over the six seasons. There's a different feel, and maybe when I'm out of it, I'll reflect on what it is, but we've been so consistent in and around the head-to-heads, and OK, we've lost against Chelsea and Arsenal, but um, we're, we're winning games that we've never won. We're winning easily in games where four, we're scoring three and four goals, and you know we're, we, we've won 5 nil here. We've, it, it, it's got a good feel around it, and, and the likes of Janine Becky and Caroline Weir and Pauline Bremer are hitting levels that they've never hit in their career now, dominating games. And the likes of Steph Orton and Kira Walsh and Jill Scott and those type of players are just being as consistent as they've always been. So it's really clear and it's no different with me or without me. As a team, we have to beat Chelsea and Arsenal here. We do that, we win the league. Um, we have two cups that we hold that we want to defend and we'll just make sure that we prepare for Sheffield and then Birmingham and then Man United. and. You know what, I, I think there's a great opportunity for the team to win here. We've just got to keep doing what we're doing. I think there's a lot of good players, though. Chelsea and Arsenal are incredible teams, and and they've got good British players. You look at the, all of the players we've got, there's there's a lot of players pushing hard. Um, half of me would love to go and coach a team in the Olympics, and half of me would never like to pick the 18 to go. <laughs> so uh, at this moment in time, I'm glad I'm not the one picking the 18. I've said before, I don't think any time would ever be right for me to go. I think I would always feel like this, whether it was my decision to go or the club's decision, whether it was in season or out of season, I think I'd always be potentially heartbroken from leaving this team because it's been such a huge part of my life. And if we were to sit here and go through all of the things, take the six trophies out of it and go through all the things that I've been through here, it's been far more than just coaching a football team. Um, it's the right time now for some reasons. It's obviously... Not the perfect time, but we've discussed it. I trust the people here at this football club, Gavin Makel, Brian Marwood, Omar Barada. We sat down, we discussed it. And, you know, we want to be world leading at developing players, at developing teams and developing coaches. And um, this is the next step on my journey to go to New York, to, to be an assistant coach, to learn off Ronnie, to learn off New York, to learn off the MLS, and then hopefully come back as a head coach, a better coach, whether it be a men's or a women's team somewhere in the group. He's got the ability to take it for sure. It's whether he sees being a head coach as his future. It's whether he feels he's ready. I think ultimately I was not ready in, in 2014 when I took this job. I was nowhere near ready, but it was a totally diff in a totally different place then. And we developed together. I was a 29-year-old coach that had only ever coached 12-year-old players and down. 
Um, and the players developed along the way and we won a trophy and it snowballed from there. Um, he will be brilliant for the team because he has good relationships with all the players. He's got a great football knowledge. He's played the game at the highest level. Um, but this football club will look for the right person and whether Alan is the head coach or not, he will be involved with this team for the future because he's such a he's such a, an asset to the team, whether it be as an assistant coach or whether it be as a head coach. But like I said, I trust the club fully and my journey is going to New York and whoever it is will get the opportunity to take this fantastic team, these fantastic players and um, have the opportunity to continue to be successful. If I sit and think and speak to the players and I've got a great relationship with all the fans, they're all great people, they followed us all over England and pushed us hard um, in all of the games and everything about this, this team has been my life and this, this club is my life, that's why I, I will always, if I have the option, remain within this football group because it's been so good to me in developing me in challenging me over the years and my next challenge is New York but um, yeah of course it's it's emotional because like I say I, I won the, the, the Continental Cup in 2016 on the day my daughter was born and didn't go to the birth because this team means so much to me and my family so um, it, it's been a huge part it'll be the Arsenal game will be hard but I'm in this to make sure this team is in, a, in, in the right place to go on and be successful for sure. Um, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. I have such a supportive wife and my kids, you know, we told them that we were going to New York and they were excited. Now it's another part of our journey. Um, I'm proud I've earned the opportunity to go to New York because it's an incredible football club with great people. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm lucky I've got such a supportive wife and of course people will see it as she gets to go and play in. It gets to go to live in New York, but it's you know, nice. no, 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 no. But like, really on our boots. no. But people will see that it's such. But if I reflect on, you know, the the birth of my daughter, I, my son was born in the car in 2014, two days before we started preseason with this team, and she went off with the baby, and I didn't do any fraternity leave and did all the preseason, went to Lamanga. So there's been a million things that have affected my life, but she's been such a part of it, and she will continue to be a part of it. Just when you reflect on your over six years here what's been the greatest achievement for you when you look back on your time at the club um probably earning the respect of the players people like jill scott steph orton um i call them friends now okay i've pushed them hard at times and they've pushed me hard and we fell out and we've argued and we've done a lot of things but the likes of Kira Walsh watching her and, and and i'll continue to watch Kira. she will go straight to the top of the game if she continues to work hard and and is is motivated to do to, to do the hard the hard things. She'll go straight to the top of the game. Um, there's a lot of things winning the trophy. I watched my son walk out with with Steph Orton at Wembley in 2017, um, and lifted the FA Cup. There's there's a million things that I've loved about this job. But yeah, probably the, the proudest moment is just earning the respect of the players and hearing them say nice things about me. Now is 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 a testament to the the hard work we've all put in together. Ellie can achieve whatever she wants in the game. You look at. Um, and I said this to her, in 2017, we lost the Continental Cup final to Arsenal 1-0 at Wickham and Ellie played in the game. And at that point, Ellie and Georgia Stanway had been involved in our team and we have this relationship and this is why maybe we've gone to the to be successful. Um, they hadn't took part in any of our success. We put Georgia Stanway on maybe you know, in the FA Cup final and she played 10 minutes and she got a medal. We pushed them really hard and we said to Ellie, you, you played in the final, we've only ever lost one final and you played in the goal. So you've not played any part in the trophies that we've won. You have to work incredibly hard. Just being here is, is great. And it's being part of the team and you play with Steph Orton. You have to almost create your 
own story and you have to make sure that that journey that you're earning it and she's doing that now you look she's far ahead of um what we would see as her development curve she's playing in games she's playing for england she can be the England number one for sure, but she's going to have to make sure that she works incredibly hard to stay fit, to stay focused, to keep the ball out of the goal, to use her feet, to all parts of the game. And when all of the outside influences come in, like money and sponsors and fans and all of that, all the stuff that can really take your eye off it, the best players stay focused. And Ellie's got that, she's got that opportunity. And do I think she'll do it? Of course. But um, even over in New York, I will continue to push her if I see her. Um, going to places or doing things or taking making decisions that I feel will affect her ability to be the best goalkeeper in the world. Can I just ask about KB? She was uh, pictured in training this week. She has a recovery. Is she due back soon? Yeah, she's not She's not in full training, but she's training. She's out on the grass. She's got her boots on. She's doing some handling. She's doing some physical work. Um, she won't be long. It's not going to be next week. But you know, I envisage her playing in March. If we can push it into February, that would be brilliant. Um, but she, it, it was a big injury for her and it's, it's took a lot of rehab. And um, One thing I will say is she's desperate to play in the Olympics. So she'll make sure that she gets on the pitch and shows how much of a good goalkeeper she is. And then it's up to Phil to pick the two goalkeepers that he's going to pick. But yeah, she's closer than she's been all year. And we've just got to keep now, leave the medical department, let them do their thing and, and she'll be back in the goal. That was a really important victory. Um, every game was really important and we're really happy that we could uh, get the three points. And I think it was top team performance and um, yeah really good game like that's one goal of my life to score one time an overhead kick so yeah I came close today but I have to keep trying and uh, hopefully next time it's going in <laughs> I, I sometimes trained then when I when I was a kid uh, just for fun and um, yeah I have that picture in my head and that cross just came like a little bit behind me so um, I didn't really think about it I just did it so yeah hopefully <laughs> next time it's a goal I'm not frustrated at all. I, I, I would like to play the whole game, of course, because it was really fun to be out there today. I just enjoy the football a lot. But we have so many good strikers and everyone deserves uh, to play because uh, everyone is training well. And um, yeah, so I was just really happy for, for the win for, for the whole team. So yeah, no frustration at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it was quite a surprise for all of us. Um, um, we thought we finished the season with him, but sometimes in football uh, things can happen really quickly. And um, yeah, we're happy for him to um, take that opportunity, uh, which is a big one for him. And um, I know we will stick together as a team and um, yeah, play the season um, for everything. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, we have great uh, professionals in, in our team and um, we always want to keep winning no matter what and um, I think it was really important to show that on the pitch and also the way the, the game went we went one all up and then didn't stop in the second half uh, scored the second one and then we were kind of uh, reassured so I think it was just really professional um, performance from all of us. I think we can manage it definitely we have um, great stuff behind the the head coach as well um, got good assistant coach they will take over and we all know how to play football. There sh shouldn't be a, a big uh, break in, in the team or anything. So, um, yeah, we just stick to what we usually do and, um, yeah, hopefully keep winning. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I'm really thankful he's the one who brought me to this club um, and brought me to England. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. And also with my injury uh, history, I'm just, um, yeah, 
thankful that I that he didn't like let me drop at any point and always like believed in me and believed that I could make it after a long time out. So right now I just really enjoy it a lot. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Um, I think you realize it when you've been out for such a long time how how much uh, you miss it and then it's just at the moment I just enjoy every minute on the pitch and um, I think yeah you can see that in, in in the goals maybe but also like I just like to be out there with the team and um, yeah hopefully get more game time. I feel like the injury um, was a big challenge but definitely helped me in, in many in many ways. One the, the, the football side of course um, I think when I was younger, I was going a bit like into rough tackles and like um, a bit blind maybe. So now I'm a bit more clever in um, in going into a duel or not. And um, I think my vision of the game also, um, but also um, personally, um, it helped me a lot because um, yeah, you you have to be strong to overcome such an injury and knowing that and knowing that how how it will be without football I never want to have that again so I'm just so grateful for every minute on the training pitch or on the in the games that I can play so I think me personally and also from a football view it helped me a lot and I feel like I'm I'm getting closer now to being at my top level and that just feels great. Scoring is always the best part I think of the game especially as a striker Um, that's my job so um, it's my job to do it but also like just feels great and I hope yeah the goals keep coming. Sheffield at the Proat Stadium. Credit to Sheffield though and their performance on the night. I mean, full-time result doesn't really reflect just how well they played, especially in the first half. Yeah, yeah, Sheffield, yeah, it was a good game. It was, um, they were the better side, I thought, throughout and sort of like controlled the, the game and, and, you know, played it at their pace, which you would expect from a, from a high division team against a lower division team. But Sheffield was certainly in the game and, you know, the longer it went on, you, you know, without City getting that opening goal, you just start to, start to worry because that's what happens when when cup upsets occur and then you know the team doesn't score and but they didn't panic City they kept at a, a nice steady level and just kept playing their game um Kira was outstanding in midfield there was some good wide play down both sides and then up front at the moment Bolly's just gone fire and eventually you know you give her the chances and she's putting them away and that's what happened last night yeah, I mean, White and Bremer, I mean, uh, combining up again, uh, up again, up front. I mean, it's looking like a really good partnership and one that hopefully we'll see a little bit more of for the remainder of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's often we see two up front together. Ellen last night was, people were saying, oh, she was a bit quieter uh, than, some, than some games. To be fair, I think the girl marking her, the number four for Sheffield United, had an excellent game and she played very well and marked Ellen really well and she and she found it you know hard going against her so that, credit to her for that um, but you don't mind if you have two part uh, two strikers up front and one of them scores three goals then the partnership has to be classed as working doesn't it yeah um, it doesn't matter if you score two goals each or you spread the goals or one player gets them all and the other player sets them up so like you say it's got the it's got the beginnings of a good partnership there yeah. 
And I mean, that's having that striking combination. That's not really something we've necessarily had really before, especially with two technically gifted forward attacking players like Bremer and, and Ellen White. Yeah, it's, it's a new option, isn't it, to have two of them and two. You know, some people believe you can't play two out-and-out centre-forwards, but modern centre-forwards are quite adaptable. Um, Ellen, Ellen comes into that bracket for me. She's quite adaptable to play off another centre-forward. Mm. Um, so I've seen her do it for England. I've seen her do it at Birmingham. It's a good effect in the past. And so, you know, I don't think she has a problem with that. I think Pauline's a more, what you would class, traditional centre-forward. But even in the modern game, they have to be more adaptable when it's come. But they certainly look, uh, you wouldn't want to be facing them. No. Because, you know, you know there's a lot of goals in those two, without a doubt. And if we can buy it and get a really good understanding going, which obviously comes with playing games, mm-hmm. then it can only be good for us. How good was it, though, to see Pauline uh, awarded with her efforts and finally get that well-deserved hat-trick? Oh, yeah. you know, I think someone said um, it might have been the fifth time she scored more than what you know, scored two goals. Um, and she's never managed to get that third for the hatchet, so it's fantastic that she finally got a hat, you know, that third goal in the hatchet. Because her performance has deserved it recently. She's been on it. She's been brilliant. Yeah. She's looked really great since you know since Christmas turn of the year. Since we started up again, she's looked so sharp, and you know the chances. She misses the chance. It doesn't bother her. Head doesn't go down. She's there for the next one, which is what you want from your striker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's talking about how much she's just enjoying playing football at the moment. But the fact that she's she doesn't feel that she's at the top of the game, but she's just playing so well, it makes you think, well, what more can she give if she feels that she's got an extra level? Yeah, she must feel so good to be back after such a horrific injury. She lost a year of her career, which nobody wants to see any player have to go through that. Um, it can't be easy. It must be psychological as well as physical. Obviously, then you come back after a year out, you, you're not going to hit the ground running straight away. It takes a while, uh, again, psychologically as well as physically, it takes a while to get that confidence up. But, you know, before the injury, you must remember that she was a world-class striker. And, and people, you know, she's out of the game for a year. People, you know what football is like, it moves on. People tend to forget we've got such a good striker on the books. Uh, you know, I know I know Jane was touting her at the start of the season that, she, you know, if she could be fit, that she could score a lot of goals. And now it's proven to be true. Yes, absolutely paying dividends, isn't it? And Laura Coombe's also getting on the goal. I watched the highlights today, and I think... Was there anyone that didn't shout shoot in that moment? (laughs) It was one of those, yeah, we had a great angle of that goal, and as soon as she hit it, she did it just right, curled it, you thought, that's it, straight away. And she had a good game, Laura. It was good to see. I think it was a perfect game for her to come in and play. I think she she had a really good game. Uh, She was involved in a lot of that midfield uh, play. Um, Nick didn't play Jill last night, so you know it's not often you see City's midfield without Jill in it. So it was interesting to see. Jill, I mean, we're going to talk about the Birmingham game, but hopefully that she's just been rested, looking ahead to the weekend. I think so. I think uh, he didn't start with Lauren last night either. But if you look at the last, I don't know, maybe two months or so, you know, forget that we had Christmas. Lauren's, I think she might have started every game, and you know he might have just looked at it last night that we've got. Birmingham, as you say, on Sunday. We've got some other big games coming up, even if, you know, and even more now we got through last night. So he might have just looked at it as a chance to just rest those two. Plus the fact he had other players that, like Laura, for instance, who needed a game. So that was good to see. So yeah, it's all about rotation, isn't it, now and, and, and seeing who recovers faster than who doesn't and any knocks they get, they need to just work as they go so everyone's ticking.
over. We will now progress in the Conti Cup to the semi-final and we'll face either Arsenal, Chelsea or Manchester United in the next round. Find out on Saturday who. Uh, if you were if you were a better man, Dave, who would you fancy? <laughs> I'm going to say Chelsea away because it happens every year. <laughs> so that'll, be the, that'll be the Arsenal favourite. Um, I'm going to say the old cliche of anyone at home. Yeah. Anyone, we won a home draw. We always seem to get drawn away in this Conti Cup semi final, usually to Chelsea. But um, I'm sure that Nick would like a home draw. Uh, it gives Nick one out of the last week now yeah. uh, as our manager because he's got uh, United in the FA Cup, he's got this semi final, and he's got that last home game against Arsenal in the WFL, which is going to be an emotional day. So it's certainly a big week, uh, whoever we get, but. Okay, so on to the next then. And City travelled to Damson Park on Sunday for our next WSL fixture. Always a bit of a tough place for us, Birmingham. Well, yeah, traditionally it's a very hard place for City. They've won and lost there over the years. It's always a really tough game. I remember going once when they beat us 2 0, and Ellen White was up front for Birmingham and she was unplayable. Scored both goals, they beat us. Last year we were 2 0 down and came back and won 3 2. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough game. Yeah. Um, but it's always a good away day, so it's a good game and uh, you know a great a great day out. So we look forward to it as ever. Yeah, and Birmingham are looking up, look are looking to pick up points wherever possible at the moment, and it seems like a bit of a slow start to the season for them. I think Birmingham might. Uh, I mean, some. I mean, obviously that's speaking to their fans more, but maybe a little bit of a transitional period after losing Mount Skinner last year. You know, like you say, they, they, you know they just want to get enough points to make sure they're safe and. Yeah, I mean it's been, I think it's been about twelve months to the day since Mark's gonna left um, really? for Orlando. Really? So, in that transitional period and the changes that have happened, I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of changes. Though Birmingham fans will probably say that that's yeah. the understatement of the year, but <laughs> you kind of you do look at it and kind of feel as though Birmingham probably just need a little bit more investment and a little bit more time to take them back to where they should be. Yeah, I think so. They've lost a lot of the good players they had. We've been lucky that some of them have signed for us in uh, Ellen and Eva. So, um, you know, I think Carter went to Chelsea. You know, but they've, they've got a good reputation for bringing players through and developing players. And hopefully that's, that might be the road they go down. Um, they're a good club. Like I say, it's a good away day. Um, I enjoy going there and they're a good set of fans. Yeah. So hopefully they can sort something out. Yeah. Obviously, like you say, then um, it's an away day. There'll be plenty of fans hoping to make the trip. So, what information have you got for those that are wanting to travel to Birmingham? Yeah. So I've got the usual away day info for everybody. Um, as you say, Emirates Birmingham City Women away. It's a 12 p.m. kickoff uh, on Sunday. 12 p.m. And as you say, you, you called it Damson Park. That was its official old name. It has actually changed its name a couple of times since then due to sponsorship. So if you're putting it in your sat nav. You might need to put this address. It's the sportnation.bet stadium, um, formerly Damson Park. Uh, it's the home of Solihull Moors FC, uh, the men's team, and it's Damson Parkway B929EJ. That's B929EJ, actually, that nav code. 12 pm kickoff. So, you know, it's Sunday morning, so the M6 is kind. You know, two to two and a half hours, you know, um, if you get a straight run, it might even take you less than that on a Sunday morning. You know what the M6 is like. Tickets are £7 in advance, which I think might, I'm not sure if that ends tomorrow, £10 on the gate. Concessions are 4 Well, they have got a promotion on Birmingham. 
cheap day there. Um, the car park in the past is it's always been free. Now it's an expensive car park. It's a very big car park, and there should be enough for everyone that goes to get on into it. Um, it's been free in the past, but I've also seen that they charge for Solly Moore's games. So it might be depending on which staff are on. It won't be uh, much if, if they do charge for that amount. It'll be a couple of quid like it was at, at Chesterfield last night. So um, there's, there's, you know you can park at the ground, and it's uh, you, 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 in the car park. The main turnstiles where you go in are right there. There's a lovely clubhouse next door to the turnstiles that they're always welcome away fans in. If you get there early, Sunday morning, they do you know tea, coffee, breakfast and things in there. And they've always welcomed away fans in there as well. Um, what I would point out is that, as I say, Solihull Moors ground this, um, which is the men's team, you know, whose ground it is, they are at home on Saturday. So that could mean a rough pitch, first of all, on Sunday, because they play at home on Saturday. And also, they've had two games called off recently with a waterlogged pitch. Now, I've had a look today at the weather, and the weather for weekend is forecast to be pretty good for the time of year, and not too wet. But it might be worth just checking if there is any rain over the weekend that the game is on. Because they have two games called off. I saw the old game and a Birmingham City women game as well something to bear in mind it's easy enough to check obviously if it is we'll put it up on our social media as well Sunday morning but fingers crossed that won't be an issue uh, as I say yeah there's clubhouse and it opens early so you can go in there for your drinks and things now we always see I've got a coach going again on Sunday so if you don't mind we'll just give you the details for that it's pretty similar to the last one so if you booked on the coach you will get an email sent to you with these details in it as well but just in case anyone needs it it's leaving the Etchett car park, uh, blue car park, which is one about the usual one, at 8.30am prompt. Uh, there are pickups along the way on the parkway, and Keel and those people getting on there will know that. Um, the cars are secure there all day, and the coach will take you back there um, after the game, obviously. So uh, the blue car park at the Etchett, 8.30am. Uh, and that's pretty much it. The city fans, we usually gather in the stand on the far side of the pitch. You'll see us there. Anyone, as usual, if you want to come and sit with us, you're welcome to. Uh, you'll see the flags and what have you. And it's sort of like where we've all, we know what we're like. We always tend to set up in a way and somewhere, and that's where we usually do it, down near the far side of the, of the pitch. But I think it's had a bit of development at the ground this year. So I think there's a few new rules going on and things. So it'll be interesting to see. The programmes are available inside the ground. Uh, the small kiosk as you go through the turnstile, you'll see the programme and there's still a few little bag, you know, club badges and things, little souvenir shop. There's food inside the ground, there's a big burger van and bar, and last year there was like a hog roast thing, so there's plenty of places to get your hot drink or something to eat if you've had an early start with it being a Sunday morning. That's pretty much all I've got. If anyone wants any more specific advice, as usual, to get in touch with me through the OSC Twitter, I will endeavour to find out anything that anyone wants to know, if I don't know myself. Yeah, all I'm going to say and add on to that is they do really nice pork and stuffing batches, but they always run out of stuffing. Always. <laughs> so if you like your stuffing, get there early. Get there early. <laughs> well, it such an early kickoff, I think a lot of people will jump out of bed, you know, have a quick wash, dive in the car and go, oh, yeah, you might definitely. be quite hungry or need a brew when you get there. So, <laughs> but as I say, if you do get there early, it's a nice little clubhouse next door to it as well. And it's also a good place if anyone's got, with it, with it finishing earlier, if anyone wants to hang about afterwards, you know, usually you can see the players and things like that. It's not a bad uh, ground, but, you know, you've got to sell deer and there, that's always popular, so. Okay. 
Yeah, Birmingham away is always one of my favourite fixtures um, and one that I always like to go to. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a good ground. It's always good between both sets of fans. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Really need to be at our best on Sunday to uh, to get the three points out of this one to take them back to Manchester. What are you expecting from the game, Dave, prediction-wise? Well, I, I think, as you say, it's always a tight, horrible game. I don't mean horrible in any way. It's not a good game. It's just not never an easy game. Yeah. Um, And their game kicks off at 2pm, isn't it? After yeah, I believe so. I mean, that's a hard one to call, obviously, because they're both, both in good form and everything, but somewhere on the line, some, either one or both of them are dropping points, and we can't, you know, we need to make sure we don't. Definitely. Right, so um, I'll definitely see you on Sunday. Really looking forward to it, and hopefully right. we'll catch up at the game, if not in the week. Yeah, so I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, see you on Sunday. We'll be in the queue for a cup of tea. Yeah, and a stuff in, in pot batch. <laughs> yeah. Alright Dave, I'll speak to you then. See you later. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode of MCW Fancast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, as always you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at MCW Fancast. And we'll be back next week. Have a great week everyone.